maybe an improvement for the union. Maybe not what we want to see, but now we have champions league in the second leg coming up. And yeah, there's, there's a lot going on here for the Philadelphia union. We're going to talk about it here on the union soccer podcast. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether that's the Apple uh, podcast, whether that's Spotify, wherever you get it, you can find the Union Soccer Podcast on the unionsoccerblog.substack.com. My name is John Jansen. You can follow me at jjansen34. You can follow the Union Soccer Pod at Union Soccer Pod on Twitter. But the star of the show and also the guy who runs everything over at the Union Soccer Blog, Joe Tanzi at jtanzi90. I know it's a lot of bad, Joe. I feel like the last few shows have just been, yeah, they're in Champions League. It, league play doesn't look good right now. And, of course, they end up losing again to Cincinnati. But... From what I've talked with you about and from what I saw, improvements? Uh, depends on what your definition of improvements is. Um, yes, defensively, no offensively. So, first of all, Jim Curtin deserves credit for essentially punting on the Cincinnati game and still being competitive in that game. Um, it was the right thing to do. That way he rests a majority of his players um, to be fresh for Atlas tonight. That was – I love that call. Um, it's a road game in Cincinnati in mid-April. You don't need to win that game. Um, I saw some people on Twitter saying, oh, well, if you want to win the Supporter Shield, uh, you got to win that game or at least get a point. No, we're not We're not even talking about the Supporter Shield yet. Like – Long season. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I can't I can't do that. Let right it breathe. Now. Let it breathe. But Champion, I, I remember Champions last League. year, we all thought like the supporter shield was out of reach for the union. And then all of a sudden they were in it and then they almost yeah. got it. They could have gotten right. it. Uh, obviously, if right. there were different tiebreaker rules. But yeah, it's look, right now is not uh, not the time to be thinking about that stuff. No. So I think that, I mean, the one thing that I came away from that game was the ability to, for, for this tactical flexibility that was built in preseason for it to actually work and not just be um, words that Jim Curtin says. And we look, we've heard that in the past where, oh, we might do this, we might do that. And then it's just straight 4-2-3-1, straight 4-4-2 diamond with very few tweaks. Maybe the Christmas tree shows up every once in a while. I, I think this can be very functional. And the fact that they, they played the 3-5-2 without Damian Lowe, with a few guys out of position um, and held Cincinnati. Okay. We, the final stats say one shot on target because of that horrendous officiating situation, which we'll, we'll get to in a second because um, these things have to be communicated better. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's fine. You lose one, nothing. And, and again, we do, we do this thing all the time and we've done it for the last few years. If I told you at the start of that game or maybe an hour beforehand that the union were going to lose one, nothing you'd be like, okay, not a problem. Champions and from what I saw, even like have most of the better chances. I mean, obviously Cincinnati had a chance that obviously led to the right, early, but I mean, union had some good chances there. It's not like they didn't, you know, for the most part, they probably should have been up one, nothing at some point. So, so yeah. So I look at that and it's, well, we expected a loss here, but now we're upset that, um, they didn't play well. Yeah, right. It's like it's a it's a very fine tight tight rope to to balance here because yes, you do want them to win every game and you do want them to 
to be competitive and to exceed expectations. But we're not going to be talking about a one nothing loss to Cincinnati um, at all, really. Um, if they take care of business on in in Mexico or uh, if they don't and they just beat the the living crap out of the Chicago Fire, um, which they might do anyway, but <laughs> uh, we'll get to that later this week. So, yeah, I think it's – there are some things you can take away from it. Uh, I'm okay with a one nothing loss. Uh, and now you're fresh as can be going into to Guadalajara. And on top of that, Kai Wagner is back. Yeah, Kai Wagner is back, which we'll get to that, obviously, when we talk about uh, – go over that game against Atlas, even though that's going to be happening very shortly after we're done recording this um, or when you get this. So not a lot of time, but still, we'll talk about it, that game. It's, and... it's a 10 p.m. kickoff. You got like seven or eight hours. It's a late night one. <laughs> what are you going to choose? It, Play in games or Champions League. I'm I'm gonna go with Concacaf Champions League. I don't need to watch. I don't need to watch whatever that late night game is. Uh, so yeah, you you said they they punted, but what I was surprised with was some of those guys playing well. Bueno had a shot for a goal. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Sullivan had a shot for a goal. While obviously they didn't score a goal, and this has been the problem. Like the attack isn't great, and obviously we we see improvements on the defensive side. Um, are we any closer to finding like? Hey, these guys, one of these guys can be that third striker, kind of what we're looking for, third, fourth striker. I think the hope is that Quinn Sullivan turns into that guy, right? And you don't have to search in the summer for um, another striker. Do you think they will if if it comes to that? Oh, yeah, they they have to. I think they know that. Um, But again, it's such a, we talked about this in, in preseason, it's such a, a fine balance to find. I think that ends up being like an in-league trade where somebody is out of form um, or not getting uh, the playing time. And then you're just like, Hey, like we can offer you this spot. You can play um, meaningful minutes across the board. Like, I think that's where it's going to go. Like in a similar vein of low Perea and Torres, it's just so hard to go abroad and find a striker who can, essentially be okay with scoring maybe five goals and but also playing, come in right away and just figure things right out. and maybe playing 30 minutes like I, I feel like this is an in-league move that you can make and and you wait to see how the the trade market develops and you try and find somebody like I think that has to be the approach given like the the needs of of the striker position now the hope is that with Quinn Sullivan now having more time, within the club and, and playing at not more time within the club. It's been here for a while, but more time at the position um, at Ford, instead of kind of being off in this, you know, positional purgatory of, well, he's a winger, but we don't play wingers. Um, can he play forward? Cause he scores a lot of goals with the U twenties. I think that's the hope is that he can, he can really scrap and he can uh, end up being the guy um it's not going to happen April 12th may not happen May 12th, but if you're in the summer and you're finally seeing some positives from Sullivan and he's scoring a, a few goals, then you can be like, okay, maybe this could work. But I, the, the Quinn Sullivan Ford experiment was never going to happen um, with a ton of success right away, just because of, of what um, the situation entailed. He's been away with the U twenties. He's got U 20 world cup to focus on too. So that that plays a role in it too. Is like you know, there's there's eyes on that, and um, I think he's gonna miss a few games as well. 
Um, so maybe that's where Joaquin Torres steps in. Um, if if Gazdag is finding his form and you can trust, say, an, an Andres Perea to come off the bench in midfield and, and score goals like he he started the season with. So, like, this is where, I guess, this whole depth idea comes in. We talked about tax, tactical flexibility. Depth was the other buzzword. We know they have it. Like, Matt Real has been serviceable in his spots. Jesus Bueno, I think, has taken a big step from not even being remotely close to uh, the roster to playing in central midfield and playing consistent minutes there. I think that's, that, that's a huge thing of note. Um, I think I'm surprised Perea hasn't played that much because I think he might be the, the best addition of the bunch. Like it, it's there. Um, but we can talk about all of this depth and, and flexibility that we want. And if a third striker doesn't emerge, um, it, it could be uh, the downfall of this team. Could be, but as you just said, still plenty of chances to try and find that, maybe if it's elsewhere in the league. Uh, I did want to talk about Bueno because I thought he had a good game. Yeah, and it's – I believe that was his first MLS start, if I if I saw that correctly, which is crazy to think because he's been he's That been is, around. I was about to say, really? But I think that might be his first start. And because he started in, in Champions League. Um, yeah, look – but again, it becomes like if Jose Martinez is playing so well, and if you, you do get knocked out of Champions League, like where is he going to play Open Cup? Yeah, there's got to be that that role for him um, in defensive midfield because I, I don't know can he be the can he be an eight? Um, we'll see. But yeah, I think that's something that's uh, at least you you know you have, um, and I think it speaks to his development and look that that's a big boost because if you can have someone play in that role, that's not Leon flock. That's not Jack Elliott who we've seen in, in this season and last season um, not be able to cover the ground uh, in the six, like Jose Martinez does. If Bueno can do that for you, I know he's in the field with Jose with Jose this week, but like that's something to, to keep an eye on with, with this depth thing. If, if he can, if he can fill those holes, because I don't know if they had, I don't know if they can trust Flock or Elliott in as the defensive midfielder in this situation. I think it's got to be, it's got to be Bueno at this point because yeah. it, the, he certainly, I thought he certainly yeah. played well in that spot. And look, the amount of ground cut that Jose covers is unique, and that's why he's there, and that's why he fits in so well, and it's why he's going to be key tonight. But yeah, uh, I think if Bueno continues uh, his rise and, and gets more minutes, I think you could absolutely see the, the coaching staff having more trust in him there. So let's get to uh, the officiating situation. Uh, your thoughts. There's got to be some type of communication on field. Um, I know some people aren't in favor of miking up soccer referees, but this is the perfect situation where Somebody needs to say something because the broadcast crew has no idea. The fans don't have any idea. By the way, I really like Chris Whittingham. Obviously, I like him from the Dan Lebitard show, but he uh-huh. is an excellent, excellent play-by-play guy. I think he needs some work on soccer. Really? Um, I yeah. thought he was excellent. I thought he was really no. Good. I think he. I think he needs some work. There were some. There, there were some mistakes made by that crew. Um, not saying he's bad. It's just I, there's. Now, was that a that crew thing or Apple TV thing? 
I, just, I don't just know. curious. Just I, I haven't I haven't heard as many of the broadcast crews. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I'm used to hearing the same like five guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, it's I mean, I pick up on on little mistakes more than more than other people do because I have like an editing background. And I mean, he said Sergio Santos and Ray Gattis were coming on for the union. I mean, that was, that was a funny moment, but yeah, like little things like that stick out to me. Like, eh, it could be better. I, like I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm not saying he's like the best. Uh, they got at Apple TV uh, so far. I think there's uh, some guys who have been around the, a while that are, are very consistent with that. Um, that being said, I think, Overall, it's going to take some time for everyone to get used to the the Apple announcers. I, I do think that, yeah. Um, yeah. So the officiating situation is weird because we we've already had one of these debacles in Montreal where no one knows what's going on. Like it's just uh, communication. This is all we want. We're not asking for like a, a massive overhaul of the the refereeing program. Although one or two people on Twitter might. Um, <laughs> It's just like communicate because you would think in that situation, yes, it's a very clear cut penalty offense that Andre Blake just clatters Lucho Acosta. <laughs> like there's no doubt. Like we, we all agree that it's a penalty, but the circumstances that, that led to that, I mean, if if Dre makes that save, I mean, because he guessed right on, on the PK. Like if, he did. If, very if close. Andre, right. If Andre Blake makes that save, I mean, we're having an inquisition in Ohio because of of this. I mean, it's the goal. The goal was scored, and then we go back to it. Like, I I don't get that. I, I really don't. It, it was incredibly bizarre because just to let play, it play out like that. Yeah. Well, it's it's. I get the the playing out part. I have no problem with because they do that with offside all the time. And if you're if you think Cincinnati had the true advantage to go on goal, you can fall back on the penalty, right? You can say, well, we thought they had a, a, a dangerous attack on goal, which they did. So we let it play out. And then the fallback, you know, your fail safe is let's call a penalty, which everyone agrees on. That's a foul. But the process to, to get to that point was incredibly flawed because you have this goal line clearance, then Cincinnati scores. And then, you go from celebrating goal to having to compose yourself to take a PK. I mean, if, if again, if, if Andre Blake makes that save, I mean, whew, we got a big controversy on our hands, right? <laughs> you think? <laughs> so like, and that's, that's where I think just a little bit, just a little bit of communication, whether it be um, to the fans, to the broadcast crew, to whoever, like, I think it, first and foremost should go to the broadcast crew because you have to have, and this is where you kind of lack a, you know, a sideline reporter in a way. Um, but there are ways to, to communicate that info. Also just say, put something up um, on the, the, the big screens in the stadium. Tell the fans, this is what we're looking at. Um, they may not be incredibly specific on what they're looking at, but I just feel like it, the whole communication thing was lost. And, it goes back to the Montreal thing too, where we, we have no idea what's going on in that situation. You know, it was the right call in the end, but the process to get to that point, this is, this is twice now we've seen some really sloppy 
execution by the referees. And if you're going to be on this stage, there's got to be some type of communication to everyone watching this game because I don't think anybody had a damn clue what was going on. So let's move on because obviously Atlas Champions League game coming up, but big news being Kai Wagner's back. Kai Wagner is back. Um, Jim Curtin was trying to be very core yesterday by saying, uh, we don't know if he's going to start. We don't know if he's going to play a role off the bench, but he's saying he's fully fit and ready to go. To me, that reads um, very simple. He's starting. Yeah. 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 Do you think any restrictions on that, though? Like, okay, maybe 60 minutes and you're out? or I don't know, because the, the plan was always to have him ready for this game. So if he's 100%, you have to think he's he's going to go and maybe you you start Real at left back or, or Harry at left back um, on Saturday in Chicago just to make sure he doesn't overdo it. I think that's the probably the approach they, they use because there is a, a drop-off at left back. Um, unless they go three at the back with all three center backs and, and try and win that way. Um, but that's a, a risky strategy to employ in, in the 60th minute of a second leg in champions. So yeah, I think he starts. Um, the big question is, is Damian Lowe going to start? He picked up a knock before the Cincinnati game. Uh, Jim Curtin said he, he would be evaluated um, Tuesday night and uh, this morning as well. I still think he plays some type of role, uh, but I think that's the, the big selection question in the back is, do we see Jack Elliott first or do we see Damian Lowe first? I think all three center backs are going to play some sort of role just because of, of how important this game is, especially from a, a defensive mindset. Speaking of defense, seems like everything's kind of shored up now. Is that does that feel good heading into this game? <sighs> you know, obviously you're up away goals mean a lot. So I know Curtin right. said he's going to be somewhat aggressive, but to know that backline's playing, you know, maybe up to standard again, that's got to feel good. Yeah, I think the confidence level within the fan base is just that is that he if if the defense can hold its own and you if you can if you only require one goal then it becomes an an, an easier task. I don't know if this game is going to go scoreless. Uh, I feel like that's a, a big ask, but there, this defense is capable of it. This goalkeeper is very capable of it. Um, I think the goal has to be get a clean sheet into the half. Just whatever else happens with the attack, the goal should be get into halftime with a zero because then Atlas puts a lot more pressure on themselves and they start pressing for a goal and um, it, it leads to rushed opportunities, some mistakes, which then you can pounce on through the counter. Like I think the game plan is – is very, very clear cut today for the union is just defend like hell. Um, make sure that you go into halftime with a chance. And then we're going to see some striker rotation. I can't imagine they start Ua and Carranza together. Um, I, I really think you're going to see one or the other, probably Carranza and then Ua for, for 30. Um, and I think you see Gazdag start because of, of his two-way work rate, but then it becomes... I think you'll see the Christmas tree again. Like I, I think, I think that's it, I'm guessing to. that's that's. I got to be all dependent on obviously what the score is at the moment. Right? Yeah, um, he's got to be conservative to start. He can't. He's not going to be aggressive mm-hmm. from the beginning. We know that. Um, 
I think, you know, he, he did drop the hint that Jack McGlynn would start one of these two ma- matches, that being tonight and Cincinnati. Um, do you go back to McGlynn in a 4-3-2-1 and maybe have him and his um, on-ball ability? Maybe that helps you. Um, I'm very, very skeptical of that because, yes, he played really well defensively, but you need a, a, a shuttler for a lack of a better term in, in flock to, to do the dirty work. Is Jack McGlynn willing to do that dirty work in defense and then spray those balls forward? Or is he better suited to come off the bench in the 60th minute? Like do these game plans change um, because of, of how it operates? Maybe the plan was to start him against Cincinnati and then the, the Damian Lowe situation just, it, it kind of, blew everything up. I don't know how um, that's going to work. But yeah, I would have to think that McGlynn's going to play a role in some capacity. He's going to be really important. But I mean, Bedoya is going to be on the field. Martinez is on the field. Gazdag and Carranza are on the field. So, I mean, the, the starting spots fill up very quickly if you're going to go into this, whether, whether it's a diamond or a, a Christmas tree whatever it may be. And I, again, I think the final decision comes down to Flock or McGlynn and how you, how you split that up. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And obviously because of the aggregate score and all, you know, away goals being as important right. as they are. Yeah. The, the strategic and tactical uh, formations are going to be very interesting from Jim Curtin. Speaking of all of that. So I feel like we broke down this game. You know, pretty well. Uh, actually, real quick, Atlas's side. I know he said they've not been in good form. Uh, you've talked about their scoring prowess before. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they? How are they heading into this game? So that if you remember from the uh, first leg, uh, Santa Maria, their center back uh, was sent off, so he won't be available. I believe there's one more midfielder, Jim Curtin mentioned, um, that's out with the yellow card accumulation. So their their spine is a little bit weakened, uh, but they have plenty of talented attackers. I mean, Quinones. Um, I definitely bought Quinones. I don't know why I added like extra. <laughs> I added extra syllables there. I noticed that, and it really bothered me. Um, he was Did some extra English. On that, I added a lot there. It might not have been English. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's going to be one of their their key men, Julio Furch as well. Um, but Damian Lowe did a fantastic job. Um, handling Quinones uh, throughout the entire uh, first leg. So does Damian Lowe not being out there or if he's out there and at 80, 90%, you know, we don't, we don't know what his exact status is, but if, if he's starting, I would have to think uh, the two of them lock horns uh, plenty of times tonight. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because Atlas was down four, one against Olympia in the, uh, first leg of the round of 16, they came back in and won thanks to that away goal they got. So it's going to be very fascinating to see how they approach it. But uh, there's a step up in class between Olympia and the Union. And this really, to me, just all comes down to defense. So far, at least lately, defense has been good. I know we we talked about some red flags, but it feels like they haven't even gotten off the bad starts either defensively. Um, they they feel very shored up. Um, is that a fair assessment? It feels very... Me? It feels very secure right now. Yeah, yeah, it does. Maybe, and look, um, I think there's a correlation of Andre Blake being back. 
and everything looking right again. So I, I, I do I think, think there's something there. Yeah. Um, not, so not, uh, go ahead. Yep. No, not that Joe Bendick's a bad goalkeeper, but no, I think not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you're comparing him to like the greatest <laughs> goalkeeper in MLS right now. But I, I think it, I think it's a chemistry thing because Absolutely. When we, Absolutely. we broke, we broke down what the issues were against much in the, the late stages against Montreal, where it's just a, a communication error. Uh, at least I thought it was. Whereas, you know, does that happen with, with Andre Blake in there? I don't know. Probably not. So it's, um, it's not saying Joe Bendick's a bad goalkeeper. I think it's more of Blake has um, the, the trust and he knows all the tendencies of everyone in the back line, whether it's Elliot and Glesnes, uh from the club level or Damian Lowe from the international level. Like there's just that sense of security they have back there with him. And I think that that does help it. I don't like we're done with the Bednick argument, but like, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it does in terms of chemistry and just knowing little things is I think where the, the biggest boost comes from with, with Blake Blatt back in there. How do you think the union do? Um, are they moving on in Champions League? I'm cautiously optimistic tonight. I feel that way too. I don't know if I should be, but I feel that way too. I don't know if they'll get through, but I'm, I came I'm away feeling more positive out of that Cincinnati game than I probably should be. For I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they can make this a, a really, really ugly soccer game. They've been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> it's ugly, not like that's ugly, out of the realm of possibility for the union. Right. <laughs> they seem to be pretty good at that lately. <laughs> ugly soccer is good soccer tonight. Um. Okay, so that is the Atlas preview. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Joe, what do we have coming up on the Union Soccer blog? Obviously, Champions League, but then uh, new match week again next week, and this time a little bit of of relief, but Chicago's not playing that bad in the Union on the road, so maybe not as much relief as I could uh, could have thought. But what yeah, do we got going on at the Union Soccer blog? Yeah, you should beat Chicago. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have a few things up after the match tonight. Um, hopefully, we're talking about uh, some positive things instead of of delving into the negatives of, of what happened tonight. Let's let's hope that's the case. You can follow Joe at jtanzy 90 Follow the Union Soccer Pod at Union Soccer Pod. Also follow me at jjansen34. You can get the Union Soccer Pod wherever you get your podcasts worldwide. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. And also, we have a tab actually on Fox, phlgambler.com as well. You can check out the podcast. So there's no excuse. Check out the podcast. We're the number one Union Soccer Podcast, I think. I don't know. I can just say those things, right? We're not Kevin gonna Kevin might have a, a right to that. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to call him out. We're the number one podcast, all right? Not Kevin. Us. Are we? Are we don't challenging? tag him in any post. Don't don't have him challenge. I want are, are none you, of that. Are you challenging Kevin Kincaid to a duel? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm challenging you, gonna... you and Kevin to a duel while I watch. While you're, volu- I you're volunteering. I'm volunteering. Yeah, I'm like one of the bad guys. That's like one of those. Like mm, I will challenge you with my biggest competitor, and then like I get the other guy to come in and. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a, a, a joust match to see <laughs> to see who's the superior union podcast. <laughs> Friends I'm, I'm turned a, bitter rivals. <laughs> but the but the but the American Gladiators version of joust where we're 10 feet Ooh, off the ground nice. with like those plastic poles and we just 
whack oh, each other nice. as hard as possible. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we could arrange <laughs> that somehow. Let's do it. I'm sure Renaissance Fair will let you do that. Um, all right. Then, before we say any more things. On that note. That is it for the Union Soccer Podcast. We'll be back with more next here on the Union Soccer Pod.